Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. This morning, we are joined by Terry Shipkin, the Chief Excitement Officer at the Young Enterprise Trust. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, who is Terry Shipkin? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I am just somebody who has been fortunate to um, have wonderful opportunities um, and just gets excited by everything that's around us and the opportunities around us today. And so tell us about your original call to adventure to join the Young Enterprise Trust. Well, I'd love to say it was totally planned, um, but it wasn't. Um, but looking back, there were things that really contributed to my journey here. Um, so I came out of the IT world and I had done 18 years in the corporate space there. And during my last year, I had a wonderful mentor who worked with me. And when she asked me what I wanted, I said, I want to figure out how to make my skills transferable. Um, so we had a, a year of working hard on that. And then when I finished up my last corporate role, I decided to take a break, um, a lovely career break to, to, I guess, clear the head. Um, and when I came back, I just knew I definitely wanted to do something different. Um, and I was just fortunate. I was actually doing a bit of consulting and I had picked up a, a, a role as an acting general manager. And I thought, oh, that could be my niche, um, you know, helping out organizations that just needed um, a transition uh, manager. And so I was looking through Seek uh, to see who had these um, with these stages of the organization. And I came across my job and I just looked and thought, oh, my God. That looks absolutely amazing. Um, I didn't have any of the skills they asked for. I didn't have the background they were looking for, but I decided to apply anyways. Um, and so I was really fortunate. The board decided to take a chance on the, the uh, left field candidate, and I got offered the job. But it's interesting. A friend of mine once pointed out that I actually was probably starting down the path of um, looking at something with more purpose. Um, um, when I was at Unisys, I did lead the... Um, uh, Unisys Kids Connect program there, and then my, one of my contracts uh, prior to coming here was actually at Bernardo's. So I clearly had a little pathway to going more purpose oriented. I just didn't see it at the time. And can you share a bit more about what Young Enterprise is? And I'm sure you know that people have heard of it, being around for the last forty years. Um, tell me about some of the great things that you guys do and what you're passionate about within that role. Yeah, so it, it's one of these wonderful things. I'd say most people are familiar with us, but not necessarily the depth of what we do. Um, so our flagship program, the Lion Foundation Young Enterprise Scheme, or yes, as we affectionately call it, see secondary students set up and run their own business while they're still in school. So real products and services, real product uh, profit and loss, uh, real opportunities, real success and real challenges as well. Um, I guess what people don't realize is there's a charity behind the scenes making that happen um, or the breadth of everything else we do. So we have a number of feeder programs and experiences 
um, that are in the junior years that are designed to staircase uh, the students into uh, the Young Enterprise Scheme. And then for those that are captured in the Young Enterprise Scheme, we have a lot of what we call extreme experiences. So to take those that are really entrepreneurial to the next level. And I guess in terms of what we're trying to achieve with all that is really about setting young people up to thrive in business and in life. Um, and there's no one pathway. So it's really easy to look at some of our uh, successful entrepreneurs that came out of YES, um, and they will attribute that their pathway to entrepreneurship came from their participation in our program. And that is absolutely important and valuable, and we love it. Um, but at the, under the other end of the spectrum, sometimes just by participating in our program, makes young people more engaged with school. Uh, it gives them the skills that will make them more appealing to um, employers. So um, those work-ready skills, those life skills. Um, and sometimes it, it actually just engages them in school, so they start going to school when they previously uh, didn't want to. Um, so that's about employability. And so for us and for me, one of the things I love about what we do is the same concept and the same program, the same experiences can cater for both ends of the spectrum and everything in between. And I think even in today's uh, you know, COVID-19 days, you know, that, that middle ground is even more important. So we sort of are now talking about it's not just becoming an entrepreneur or an employee, um, but there's a whole uh, generation of people that are going to need to be somewhere in the middle. So the side hustlers, so the people who don't want to be a full entrepreneur, but they need a little bit of extra money to support their wages. So they're going to have to have a side hustle. So these skills are really, really important moving forward. But I guess it's also about engaging that entrepreneurial spirit and some of those kind of key traits of entrepreneurs, even if you are not necessarily wanting to start your business. And I was lucky enough uh, last week to be a part of speaking at Marble Girls uh, and witness the program firsthand. Uh, and it was really exciting to see how wonderful these, uh, you know, probably year 10 and year 11 students were uh, engaging in the program and what they had actually developed and how thought through it was. So I was really uh, impressed to be able to see that, you know, being activated on the ground because it's all very well to, for us to have a conversation and to see what goes on on the website. But when you actually experience something firsthand, you do start to create that depth um, or understand that depth of what you actually do. Uh, absolutely. And first of all, let me thank you so much for um, your contribution. One of the things that makes um, Young Enterprise so authentic is that connection with real business people, uh, real entrepreneurs to help inspire the, the younger generation. Um, you did what I like to call the fun part of the job, um, to go hang out and, and to actually engage with the young people themselves. Um, we always joke that, you know, we think our job is to inspire them. Um, but quite often you walk away feeling really inspired yourself. Absolutely. And so I'm yeah. sure on the road to achieving your goals and having the impact that you are having now within the scheme, there have been a number of trials and tribulations that you've experienced. Would you be open to sharing some of those highs and lows and everything in between? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think for me, I'm very fortunate. I have a lot more highs than I ever have challenges. Um, but those challenges are just as important from a learning point of view. Um, and if I think back to a couple ones that really stand out for me, 
Um, one was that realization that as a charity, um, money can constrain you. So we always joke about we are hashtag charity life and we run on the smell of an oily rag. Um, and I'm always amazed at what our team can do on so little money. I mean, I just look back to my budgets in the corporate world and I think, oh, if I could only have a fraction of that, imagine how much we could do. Um, but I guess for me, I had this really aha moment one year um, where I was sitting in a board meeting and my then chairman looked at me and said, Terry, stop thinking small. If money was no object, what would you do? Um, and after I stopped spluttering, cause I was like, money's always an object, um, you know, went away and worked with the team on some, um, big goals about, you know, well, if money was no object, what would we want? Um. And we were very fortunate that after presenting it at the next board meeting and still walking away going, hmm, I still don't know what I would do with it. Um, something happened that night. We were at a function that one of our sponsors, BP, threw for us. Somebody came along, spoke to us the next day, said, if I gave you more money, what would you do with it? Um, and I guess for me, that was a real aha moment, which was how much was my thinking constrained Um because I always was worried about how we were going to get to the right side of zero. Um, and I think I see that in other not-for-profits as well, um, that you're so good at always scrimping and saving, you forget to sometimes think big um, for that reason. I think that's one of my biggest lessons. Um, and, and I think the second lesson for me is really around ensuring that everyone that you're involved with is there for the right reason and therefore purpose and uh, passion, not paycheck, because it does make a huge difference. Um, in, in from a positive point of view, the things you can achieve when everyone is there for purpose is amazing. Um, but you also do see if you bring on board the wrong person um, that's not there for purpose, it can really make a big impact on the rest of the team as well. And I think there can be a bit of a trap, particularly with small businesses or small organizations, um, about that thinking small as well. We just did a workshop last Friday and Simone Novello, who hosted the Partnerships for Growth with Purpose workshop, highlighted, you know, one girl, one teenager, Greta Thunberg, sitting out the front of uh, the Swedish government protesting and then how quickly that became a global movement with millions of teenagers uh, and students from around the world protesting in support of what her mission was relating to climate change. But sometimes as small businesses, we think too small and then never really think of how we could actually create this as an incredible um, movement and have incredible impact. And sometimes we do get stuck in a bit of that small, small business, small organization trap or syndrome, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And having having found myself trapped in it, I, I'm and still being having to be very conscious of it because it's it's the easy space to 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 come back to because you are always worrying about how do I pay my bills and how do I, um, you know, practically make that happen. Um, so I think for me, you know, the trick there is to surround yourself with good advisors, people that will push you, um, you know, so yes, you have to run your business and you have to make ends meet. Um, but who do you have um, either on your board or as an advisor or just a personal friend or a member of the team? who is going to be your challenger to go, well, actually, what is your money is no object goal. You know, if you weren't constrained by time and time and money, what would you do? 
Um, and just to have those, make sure you have somebody who regularly asks you that question. And so the word purpose is something that is, you know, fundamental to what we are doing. Uh, and so many organisations that we are seeing out in the world now that do have a strong focus on purpose. What does the word purpose mean to you? I think for me, purpose is about having a common general vision about why you're there and what you're trying to achieve. Um, and it doesn't have to be exactly the same for every person. So you can have variations of a purpose, but as long as they are aligned and take you in the same direction, that's really important. Um, I personally love the story, which I'm sure you've heard, um, that uh, yeah, I learned back when I was studying um, business, which was the purpose of NASA in the 60s. Um, and what happens when everyone believes in the purpose, you know, and the story goes, and I'll probably tell it wrong, um, that some consultants had come in to figure out why NASA was doing so well. And they were interviewing all these people about their jobs and what they did. And the consultant went into uh, the, uh, the men's room and just happened to run into a janitor. And he said to the janitor, what do you do? And the janitor said, I'm helping to put a man on the moon, you know, and that story's wow. always resonated with me. We are all contributors to that, um, you know, greater vision as long as that vision Absolutely. is there in the first place to be, um, to be part of that culture, I guess. Um, you know, talking about purpose, particularly over lockdown and probably just coming out, you know, and that time post uh, lockdown where I was able to reflect on my life and everything that I stood for and everything that was important, I finally got to a place to understand what my true driving purpose is, and that is really supporting women and uh, men to be the best versions of themselves and also for organisations to be the best versions of themselves. Nice. What are some of the daily rituals and routines that you embed in your world for you to be the best version of yourself? And it's funny, um, I do love the way you phrase that. Um, one of um, my colleagues said to me recently, um, a phrase that the difference between a ritual and a habit is a ritual is done with purpose for an intent. A habit something you just, you, you slip into. Um, so I love that concept of making rituals um, purposeful. Um, so I, I'll talk about sort of general, but then I think COVID-19 was also an opportunity to create some new rituals. Um, so for me, um, I'll probably talk about it rather than a daily ritual, uh, maybe a weekly ritual. Um, you know, I love what we do. And so my challenge is tuning off um, because I always think about what could we do to do more? What if this happened? How do we do that? If we, if we brought this in, would it have more impact? Um, so for me, I need a ritual to give my mind a break because it doesn't like to turn off from work um, just because I love it so much. So my ritual is that I have two lives. Um, I have my weekday life in the city um, or possibly traveling. And then my weekend ritual is in the country, in the Wairapa. Um, and for me, that gives my mind that, that psychological break, something about going over the Rimataka Hills. Um, means I'm able just to relax in a different way. Um, so that's really important for me to keep that ritual and to keep that balance going. 
Um, interesting, from a, during COVID-19, we created a few new rituals. And one of the challenges for me with our organization is we have what I call a blended team. Um, and they're spread around the country. And some people work for us. Some people work for our uh, partner organizations. Some people just contract in on a per program basis. And it's always been, uh, I guess, a challenge for me thinking, how do I keep the culture going for this diverse blended, yes, Fano, um, who are spread across the country. And for some people, they sit by themselves. They don't actually work in an office with anyone else. And so some of the rituals we created during lockdown, um, just the ability to have um, Zoom meetings and all hands meetings and what we're doing with that has been really important. And I've had a few, in fact, on Friday, I was up in Taranaki um, and one of our wonderful team members up there said to me how much she is loving the ritual that we've kept going of these all hands meetings um, and how connected she feels as a result of it. Um, you know, and it's not all serious. You can have some fun. I mean, last all hands meeting, we did a breakout uh, breakout rooms just to discuss what everyone did on during school holidays. Um, so some of those rituals of just that social engagement is really important. So tell me more about what all hands meetings actually entail. Is that really about all hands involved in the meeting? What are some of the parts of that? It's really just an opportunity to get our uh, our wider team together. So it started during lockdown when everything was moving so fast. Um, and we ended up having very regular all hands meetings just um, to communicate. So people knew what was happening Um very transparent in terms of the challenges we went through. Like most organizations, we got hit quite hard financially. So to let people know what was happening and to keep them in the loop, but also, you know, like a lot of organizations, we had to pivot, you know, we couldn't run programs as planned. We couldn't visit schools as planned. We had to reschedule, you know, a million and one different things. Um, we had to figure out during this time, how we still kept our purpose going. So despite all that, how do we still provide the learning opportunity for our students? Um, so we actually probably did more during lockdown, during less. You know, we had, I think, eight different reimagining projects going. You know, how, how would we reimagine doing this activity if we can't visit schools for the rest of the year? Um, so the all-hands meeting started as a reaction to lockdown, um, about the communication, but also brainstorming. Because, you know, as we said, none of us knew what we were doing. We are all making it up as we went. So the more minds, the better. Um, as some of that urgency has gone away um, since we're no longer in lockdown and life's returned, um, albeit for the borders, a little bit more to normality for us as an organization, um, that idea of bringing people together to discuss new ideas has been really valuable. And I think that time of change, you know, not only has created so many new opportunities, but really also getting people to think even more about their lifestyle and how they want to live and what's important to everyone uh, that are really that we're now seeing the great things come out of that we've actually made those changes, we've embedded them in it, into our lives, into our businesses, and now we're actually starting to see uh, the rewards coming out the other end. So thinking about your impact over the next 12 months, where will your focus be? Um, so for us, it's really, um, I guess I'd say COVID-19 has reinforced to us 
that what we do is even more important than ever. Um, and so, you know, knowing that um, the country is going to be challenged and businesses are going to be challenged and young people are not necessarily going to have the jobs that they thought were going to be, um, I guess for us, it's made us more um, focused and, and, and determined um, to keep to our purpose. So for us, you know, we haven't had to pivot what we do and why, or why we do it, but we might have to pivot what we do. Um, and so interesting, some of our reimagining projects were around what would we do if we couldn't do one of our extreme experiences. So in this case, um, one that we're, we've been talking about is an opportunity to bring together 80 um, of our most entrepreneurial minded students for an intense weekend called EIA Weekend, Entrepreneurs in Action. And so one of our reimagining projects was what would we do if we couldn't bring 80 students together? Now, as it turns out, it looks like we are going to be able to do that. But actually, some of those good ideas that we came out of that um, reimagining um, project means that, well, why can't we do that in addition to our traditional EIA weekend? So I guess for us, the next 12 months will be is a little bit of steadying the ship because it's been an uncertain time for schools. But actually thinking about how do we take all those really cool ideas that came out of COVID-19 and implement that in addition. So we have a wonderful community of entrepreneurial women with purpose all over New Zealand. What is one thing that you would like for them to take away from this conversation, for them to actually action in their personal or professional lives? I guess if I had one call to action, it would be to do exactly what you did the other day, um, to get involved, to actually connect um, with some young people who are just starting their entrepreneurial journey. Um, and it would be, you'd be amazed at how much it resonates, the difference that, you know, whether it's a one hour meeting, a talk, an ongoing mentorship, how much you can change a person's life in that time and the ripple effect of that positivity that you bring on. And then what I would layer with that was actually don't underestimate what you get out of it as well. Um, I remember I had um, one of the first um, years I was in this program, I had a mentor come up to me and say, you have no idea how rewarding this is for me personally. You know, I know I'm supposed to be helping the students, but Every time I meet with them, I have a little gem I take away and bring back to my own business. Um, so, you know, while our request is about helping young people open yourselves up to actually, you might actually get something in return. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And, you know, going back into Marble Girls uh, last week was a really great reminder of the work that I did in my past life. Uh, at Supre where we were out in schools working with the Department of Education and working with Mission Australia um, in educating, you know, marginalised communities uh, as well as students in schools. Uh, and I remember a lady from Mission Australia who asked me to get up at one of their events at the end of the year and share more about what I was contributing to their community. And I started with actually I've probably taken more out of this than maybe that I've even given because what I was able to take away um, added so much value to my life. So I really actually thanked them for what they were able to contribute and share with me and that learning experience for me. And so when I 
um, was able to go into Marble Girls last week, I was so excited. I was gleaming uh, and smiling from ear to ear in the lead up to it because I was like, oh, I get to do something that I really, truly love. And I get back into that physical uh, education piece, which I truly love. So thank you. So what would be one key action um, that people in our community could take to become involved with the programs? Um, so it's really easy. Um, jump on our website. Um, there is a volunteer section. You can do that. Um, email me, email any member of the team. We would just love to get people involved. And I guess the thing um, that I'll leave people with is it's not as scary as you think. Um, so I guess I've realized over the years that sometimes people don't do it because they don't know how or they're not sure if they have the skills. Um, I once had the CEO of one of the largest crown entities say to me, I'm not sure if I'm qualified to mentor. And I remember looking at him going, knowing your CV, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're qualified. But that resonated with me that actually, if you've never mentored or you've never supported young people, it could be a bit daunting. Um, so, you know, don't worry about that. It really is uh, easy. It's fun. You just have to be your authentic self. Um, but, you know, jump on our website, www.youngenterprise.org.nz. Get in touch and we'd love to connect you with some amazing young people. Well, thank you so much, Terry, for opening up your world uh, and sharing more about the Young Enterprise Trust and the incredible work that you are doing with New Zealand's young people. Oh, well, thank you very much, Kath. I've really enjoyed being on the program with you. Just like the founding origins of entrepreneurial women with purpose, Rind was born and bred in Marlborough, New Zealand, and has the values of locally made goodness, no mass production, hand-picked fabrics, and most importantly, functional yet stylish designs sewn into the brand DNA. Although a fashion business was never part of the plan for founder Hayley Rind, she now finds time to balance her love of being farmside and designing active and athleisure wear. Good health and well-being are top priorities for Rind and Entrepreneur Women with Purpose, which makes us a perfect brand fit. Rind is a founding sponsor of Entrepreneur Women with Purpose. Check out rind.nz.